is Ross Bain with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RBBR episode 100, our 100th episode Yes, special. everyone. And this yes. with me as always, Mr. Tom Church. Your praise sustained Definitely. us to 100. 100 episodes of the main podcast. Uh, the circle is complete. And in this episode, we have some guests. Uh, we also will have uh, a, some roundtable discussion with the RBBR crew uh, answering listener questions, uh, and uh, for this first segment, uh, I have some of our veterans, uh, Tom and Jason, uh, to talk Hi. about the history of RPPR, so I'll, I'll begin. So Jason, sound off like you got a pair. Hi. Wow, Tom. Just, <laughs> eat the one you That's throw. better. Yeah. Uh, so... Hey. Yeah, to give to give some of you may already know the history of RPPR, but for those of you who don't, uh, to give you a little background, RPPR in its earliest incarnation started in 2005, uh, when mm. we, for some reason, uh, some friends and I decided to make radio plays based on these uh, very funny uh, posts made on RPG.net. There was a guy, Al Bruno the Third, AB3, who oh yes, yeah, uh, he basically wow. posted these. Stories about the really fucked up things that he did in or that he experienced as a gamer, and he wrote them in a very sort of Dick Marvel radio script yeah. format. Uh, so we obliged him, and well, we just decided, hey, why don't we make these into a radio play? I don't even know where that came from exactly, and uh, so I think it was actually I mean, one yes, of our friends, Chris Farmer, who's you, really interested I, in audio I believe, production. yes, I believe, uh. He like Chris was AB three in most yeah, of those, yeah, and yeah. I was El Disgusto, and uh, we had some other friends, Patrick and, was, uh, uh, and Karee, and was it Darren or Collateral Darren. Yeah, yes, Collateral, Collateral Darren. Darren. Uh, and we, we haven't done those in a while. No, because they're a lot of work, and uh, <laughs> it was a lot easier when someone else did all the editing. And so from 2005 to 2009, we we, we didn't we posted those just as a thing to put on yeah, the internet. Then I wrote. Then we then we started kind of writing just our own little sketches. We did. Yeah, we did other radio sketch uh, sketches mm. that you can, which you can still get access yeah. in our archives like in our GM comedies. and DM. Yeah, GM and DM. A lot of uh, Law and Orkdom, uh, the fan fiction stuff. Oregon Trail, Trail 13. 13. Yeah. yeah. Uh, extreme XP, extreme XP. Uh, so we did a lot of these little mm-hmm. things between in that early period, uh, but it wasn't as a podcast. It was just like, hey, we're doing a thing. We're posting mm-hmm. the MP3, blah, blah blah blah. And I think I remember the discussion of doing an actual podcast. Yeah, we were on a road trip to Arkansas. Um, the, I, there was well, a mention of that. There was a mention of that, but it didn't really solidify well, until. But that's when the name RPPR first came up. No, I think that was uh, well. I think that was just when with the AB3 sketches, like we set up a website and we started posting them. But well, the, the, the name we of it, the name of, the of role playing stuff too, like early on. Yeah, um, but the name of role playing. Yeah, the name of role playing public year. radio was on a road trip. Um, but yeah, but the idea, I, yeah, yeah. But the, the idea of the podcast was kind of born before then. Um, well, the, the in discussion, the thing that really solidified doing a podcast, a regular podcast, was going to Gen Con for the first time. That was and, that was pretty baller. Yeah, and uh, so that was I think late two thousand uh, Gen Con two thousand seven. Yeah, uh, when we went, and uh, I didn't have a recorder there, but that was the year that I played the uh, uh, Zeppelin game. Uh, we both did. Yeah, we both did. And That's when we first met Glan- I first met Glancy. Yeah, we, we first met Glancy. Uh, first met Shane Ivy at Arc Dream, and we I pitched him an idea for a book for Arc Dream. And after that episode, like we should do this, we should talk about this on a podcast. And so we put it out, and blah, there and then, there was the and episode. You, one. And like basically, we threw out, we threw something together, and you people loved it. And well, I I mean, it was a gradual rise. We start kept doing regular episodes, and we were still doing no Ross. We were instantaneously famous. Come on, <laughs> no. Uh, we were still doing uh, a lot of uh, com with some comedy sketches uh, and a little but yeah, trying to vary our stuff. Like 
Those are, that's a, those are a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's to edit like one 15-minute sort of AB3 skit took like six hours of and post-editing, not to mention recording the voices in the first place. The actual plays seem like just a natural, you know, uh, side thing from the actual RPG. Well, I was we aware... We were already doing I was, like uh, yeah, we, yeah, we, we had a regular gaming um, group, and we were yeah. meeting regularly to play, and what it was was I was aware of RPGMP3.com, and Yogsothoth, which both had actual plays, and I listened mm-hmm. to some of those, uh, like the world's largest dungeon. And I love the idea. It's like, hey, that's easy to do, and so there's a lot of experimentation early on. The very first AP we've ever done that I've ever posted was my, uh, Little Fears Nine of the Squash Cats. I think you were in that. Patrick and Curry were in that. I was not. Uh, yeah, and that was that was with it was a Curry ch- running right. Uh, was it I was running it. Okay. It was my. It was I remember my. Curry ran one. Curry did run the game, uh, but I used a cheap Olympus voice recorder to record it, which why it sounds appropriate. <laughs> All right, yeah, you said no beating. Uh, so that was our very first. If you go on RPPR, there is like thirty-one APs that we did before we switched over. We created. I create. I created a separate site for the APs uh, yeah. in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just so you know, Ross does most of the work. I do. All the work other than the actual recording. So as I said, I, most. And by most, I mean like 99.5% of it. All the hosting. So pr- praise editing. to Ross. Praise to Ross. <laughs> but the other point five is us actually showing up. I pay for all yeah. the work. Yeah. But then again, without us, you no, have No, this is true. I, I do appreciate <laughs> it. I, I do appreciate it. That's why I give you free drinks when you, we should play. Yeah. Uh, so like w- I, one of the questions, I mean, besides that. Yes, yeah, so we have listening uh, questions. We, we have tons of questions here. Uh, Ross did an awesome job, like sorting them based on uh, history. You know, for yeah, the we'll, we'll have multiple segments uh, for, for, for we myself can't get Jason and, uh, and Caleb together at the same, yeah, room, exactly. same time because I live in KC now. Yeah, um, that means Kansas City for oh, those of you who live oh, overseas, <laughs> or for um, those of you who live anywhere else in the country. And don't I um, think most Americans know what KC is. Maybe I think I think maybe, it, but I don't think our we're Belgian not one hundred percent sure. Shout out to Belgium. I mean, this would be a good question to pose to a lot of people. You know, kind of yeah. like one of those jaywalking segments. Hey, do you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyways. Anyway, um, tangent. Well, Andy uh, asked one of the questions on here. How did you all meet and start gaming together? Yeah. So I'll pose that because you guys... Uh, you you should forever. answer it first because you... Uh, uh, well, you guys have known uh, each other longer. Oh, school. yeah. High school. High school. High school. We met in high school. Uh, we're friends in high school. In the high, and that's something... Topic of conversation we've had many times. Yes, the high school lunchroom. High school gaming is terrible <laughs> gaming for the. But it's often it's always it's usually your first. Yeah, it's, except you I don't was know any better. Popping that chair. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I know. I, I know. Uh, I high school. I miss I, your class. Well, Jason. I started. I started gaming in '87 when I was seven years old. Wow. Uh, but so. that that was it was it was too fun that we didn't care what we were. I don't doing. remember. That was back what, during the days of Cyberpunk and Ninja Turtles. Ninja, Ninja Turtles was my very first game. So, but uh, we, Ninja but we, Turtles were your very first. That's we, another. I died in my first. My character died in the first game I ever played. Yeah, we shared we shared yeah. our the same first RPG. Yeah, uh, and it was that. Although, like, I played a lot more AD and D, like second edition. Uh, than right. Yeah. 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 I played a lot of AD and D than I ever did of Palladium. Thacko Chucker. Yeah. Thacko. Thacko Swacko. So um, my first game was, uh, I think, World of Darkness: Vampire the Masquerade, like second edition, way back when. Oh, with all the rows on the cover or something. Yeah, we were we were on a bus on a field trip, and we nice. They wrote me into playing. Were you? Um, did you go to the fun? Factory? I played a brew. Did hall. you go? That's that's all I. Remember. Did you go into a madhouse? Um, to play? I, I just remember like 
Caleb has some stories about his first his war Ca- with our Caleb's first experience is awesome, <laughs> and yeah. he must share. That. I don't think he shares. Yeah, he has shared it on the podcast. It's, I think, it's I'm sure amazing. We, um, no, we, no, ours was great. We just huh? sitting there, right. bus played a game, and uh, then then I got roped into playing AD and D and a lot more vampire. But yeah, that's that was kind of me. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I met you guys, to go back to our question. Um, I was, uh, Ross and I were both in a uh, GA yeah. program yeah. here at Missouri State, and uh, we were both grad assistants, crammed in there with Patrick. Did Patrick and, introduce us, or did we just... We, we knew each other because okay. we were all in the same year yeah, in the yeah, program, yeah. and then we kind of found out that, hey, we... we all of us role play kind of, or have We're all done. nerds. Weird. Um, yeah, imagine I think, that. I think Karee actually... Uh, brought Patrick into role playing when she first met him, if I remember correctly. Um, but have, yeah, yeah, we started uh, role playing and doing. Uh, I think it was three five D and D. You know, that was the flavor of the because that, that was the thing yeah. at the time. Um, so yeah. so we started experimenting with that and playing with that. And, and I thought more people would be. I thought more people uh, call it Cthulhu. Yeah, I thought more people would be pissed off if they had to buy all new books now, but that never seemed to be the problem. No, it's no. Of course not. Well, I remember also finding like a really nice three five set like on sale back when uh, you know vintage stock. Yeah, I ran. Before. So that was around two thousand five, yeah. two thousand six, when that that era range. And, and uh, all those games, unfortunately, we hadn't thought of recording them. Well, like, actually, I mean, the thing was, I was, I was like, even back then, I was like, this would be good for the podcast. This would be good, like you know. As a way to create content easily, cheaply. Um, but for me, a lot of it was uh, finding a way to do it. Like I experienced, like the voice recorder was pretty. Like ugh. it was also a pain in the ass to like get it from the voice recorder onto a computer. Right. Uh, like there's special proprietary software that I can't find anymore. It's a lot of learning. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I got boundary mics for those audiophile technicians and set them in there, and that was a pain in the ass to set up. <laughs> And it really wasn't until I got that Zoom, uh, the Zoom H2, that it really took off. Because, like, hey, it records everyone. Yeah. There you go. That was 2008. Uh, and what I remember is that because our first reel, we, we started recording these games, and then the fourth ed came out. Uh, and that really, we like, I, I realized, let's do a fourth ed campaign. That'll, right off the bat, people who want actual price right. will do that. And the first episode is lost. And that was entirely my fault. So you guys don't know the story behind that. Like the first format. Tell I'm, us, Ross. Uh, I'm going to record in a wave format, lossless uh, format. That's going to take a lot of the memory card, but that's okay because then I could do it on there. And so I copied it on my computer, and then like I deleted it off. I like, oh man, that's a lot of space. I should delete it off my memory card so I can make more room for other things. And then like later on, oh, like I've got a copy on my memory card. I'll just delete it off my computer. And then so like I, then immediately I was like, wait a minute. Didn't I already delete that off the memory card? Fuck! And I spent like an hour trying to restore the deleted file. I'm like, I lost episode one. That's why there's no, yeah. Episode one for New yeah. World. Yeah. All they did was kill goblins. Mm. They went they went into the forest and killed goblins. Well, I mean, or it might have been the greatest that. AP we ever posted, but we'll never we, know. <laughs> yeah, well, it was more than just the 3 5, too, because we ran uh, uh, the Mass and Nire Low at the Top. And yeah. Actually, it kind of goes with the last Iron time Heroes. I remember a TPK. Oh yeah, I remember at one point during the campaign we all got wiped out. Yeah, we got, we got fucked royally. Like people died off throughout the whole campaign, and there we had like this really twelve cool, to fifteen deaths. And Ross had this really uh, great idea to just have us like 
okay, we're a new character. We just pick up the journals from our old characters. Now we're caught up <laughs> yeah. to speed. No, we're going I, on. I never lost a character through death. It was always sanity. Yeah, those are basically... That's, that's true. That yeah. So it wasn't exactly a TPK. Cause, yeah. Because... Tom lost character, but there was one. Tomato, tomato. It was during the the big cult scene where we were all up like on this big thing, and like I don't know, like everybody was dying left and right. Yeah, and I think probably Tom did survive because he only went crazy every time in that. Um, but I can't remember, like when was the last time I had a TTK. Yeah, I mean, in the AP... this is from Matthew, yeah. by the way. Um, I um, ran a game with a TPK with the Wealth Sacrifice. That ended with everybody. Well, I mean, TPK, I include players that lost through sanity. Like, if you lose okay. all your sanity, like, I, I count that as a TPK. Yeah. Like, like lost players. I remember mine was, yeah. a, was a gen- when I ran a, the Bell Island game. Yeah. Everyone, everyone you know, made it, to, made it to a lifeboat, but they all died of exposure in the lifeboat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, Gen Con game. Well, exactly. I ran Well Sacrifices. Uh, Aaron died, died twice, twice in the same way. Uh, Greg Stolze and Shane Ivy. They all died from horrible mm. vampire bat monsters. I got I got kind of sick and had to bow out of that one. Yeah. Uh, Food poison. So so that's the early thing. So we have the era of like from 2005 2007, just irregular comedy sketches, that kind of thing. Right, right. 2007 right. onward, we have the, we start the main podcast and we're still With experimenting with form. Uh, uh, 2008, that, right? we get. Uh, I get the Zoom H2 and we start recording the APs mm-hmm. uh, and then in 2009 is when I like I realized people don't like some people like the main podcast some people like the AP some people like both but it would just be easier if I split them up right. into so I create a new site and I post you about Harouse that's the first AP on the site of the RPVR actual play and we kind of have fixed in these forms that we've done I've experimented a lot of over the years with like various things like we've done the fan fiction reading mm-hmm. and we do raillery at once in a blue moon and it's just for me like the main podcast I mean it's a decent amount of work but I can I, I've, I've kind of get got that into a formula and the APs are it's an art form. the main work with the APs is actually recording the game like so because uh, uh, you don't edit much at all to it. Uh, I mean, I edit for sound quality. I do yeah. some things to make it a decent size MP3 that uh, 64 kilobits per second. Uh, but that being said, I try. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't edit for content on right. the IPs. Very every once in a while, I will. If there's some really extraneous thing, I will. But like almost never. Um, I guess I'll uh, also throw out like some other people that have come in to the game a lot of them uh, I've known yeah so like I brought I think I brought Daniel into the game the first time Dan yeah uh, I brought and so he's been in and out all the way back to Patrick and Karee before yeah you know, we started doing the APs mm-hmm. uh, Bill I think the same thing too yeah he was back in the new because world because yeah. Daniel and Bill knew each other uh, we all went to college you brought yeah. Mike in I brought Mike in. You literally, like, I, you just came in, like, Mike's going to be playing New World with him. I'm like, uh, okay, you can be a Warforged. <laughs> yeah. I thought he played before that, though. I thought he played at least one of our games Well, I know before. that's how he came in the New but World. Was, that was the first time I think he mm. was introduced was when he started playing. <laughs> yeah, I'll be a I'll be the wolf. <laughs> like, all right, like, all right. That was his thing. Is like, I'm glad I had the NPCs about all the most random sexual exploits. You know, you really. Well, you guys, uh, you 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 have listened to the. So ABs yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you people know. Yeah, you got and the then, scars. And then uh, that was about the time that uh, 
that Bill and Mike had their big thing. Let me say my piece. Yes. Uh, and then they, they Those of you who have gone through the New World campaign know what we're talking about. Uh, oh. So we hadn't seen Bill or Mike in a game for a long time because of that. Um, Mike well, Bill's coming back. I mean, yeah. Bill, Bill is coming back, but I'm just saying there was a yeah, long yeah. stretch that we didn't have either. Uh, Mike, because he went on to do Mike things, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, Bill's same thing. I mean, and, but yeah, Bill too. But yeah, I mean, a lot of I, mean, was, I know a lot of people have asked questions about various people who play our games, and uh, and then we I brought Brian yeah. in a, a few games here and there. Um, yeah. And people come and go. It's life. You know, yeah, people exactly. get, get new exactly. jobs, they uh, move. And then you brought in uh, Drew and Ward. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, and Drew's kind of, you know, been here yeah, he, this whole time. Yeah. And, and so you everybody... Brought in, you brought in Cody, right? Uh, Cody, yeah. You uh, yeah. You brought in Cody uh, for the new... Tom brought in Aaron. Yeah. Tom brought in I brought Aaron. in Aaron. Yeah. And, uh, and David. David. And David, yeah, that's true. Uh, they knew each Much other later. for... I mean, David's been around. I've known David since high school as well, but he's only, like, in the last two years started gaming well, with you us. You guys have known Aaron almost that long, right? Uh, I only No, I met Aaron in 2001. Yeah. Okay, he did so not go to high school with us. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was friends... He was actually friends of another friend of mine who yeah. has long, has long since gone. Friend. Yeah, people, yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of the, 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 the broad strokes of the RPPR history in and, terms yeah, of and how we all met, how we got here. Got so, like, going. in terms of like popularity, in terms of like, I know we started really getting noticed, I think, it, with the New World campaign. Uh, and we did those first early sort of ransom model crowdfunding things through the PDFs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this, even before Kickstarter existed, uh, there was a site called fundable.org where you could, like, for uh, for like two hundred and fifty dollars, I will do create a PDF with the New World material, and you guys can run your own games in the New World material. In the, and what's great is people like I, I literally just that because that became like a torrenting thing, didn't it? Yeah, people have torrented my free PDFs. Like <laughs> yeah. here's 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 RPG collection number five with fifty books, including these three, so you can get them on this illegal torrent site. Like, all right, you torrented my. Pirated my free PDF. Like, well, you stole you, like you stole the free peanuts out of like the Logan's barrel or something. This really kind of stealing. Like it literally, I I literally <laughs> cannot care less. Uh, I'm happy for them. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, it, let's, uh, let's I'm, do honest, something I'm illegal glad that they like it enough to really pirate. Yes, but you know, actually, I literally got a tweet today uh, from a, a listener who said, like, "Oh, somebody's running a game based on the Goblin Hulk, uh, like based like, oh, we're running a D and D game where they're you're on a Goblin Hulk and you have to escape." Be like, because for that, I think out of all the New World PDFs, that's the one people like the most, and that's the one my that's my personal favorite because I like the the yeah. cover. Art. I like the one I wrote right. for. Uh, so yeah, uh, so let's go back Which to was that? Let's, uh, the one, yeah, the colonization one. The colonization one. Which PDF was that? I think that was literally uh, the New World. I don't remember that part. Um, I did. Okay. I did some of the uh, adventure possibilities. Okay. Um, so yeah, we answered a bunch of these. Uh, we got to answer this one from Stuart Ross. <laughs> why are you such a horrible monster? All right. Uh, and again, this is going. I'm going to be covering some important ground that some of you guys know. Uh, that that is kind of a reoccurring in joke. We actually have a thread on the forums talking about like RPPR in jokes. Yes. Uh, and explaining and catchphrases. Catch uh, Obscure so, references. Yeah. So anytime you hear something that we say over and over again, because we just are drones. Horse, like, yeah, we're dr- drones. I like that. Uh, you can go there and find out. But to explain that one, why am I a horrible monster? I went to Fear the Con a couple years ago, which is in St. Louis. And yeah, but you've been a horrible monster longer. I know, but this is when it became a thing. Yeah. 
me being a horrible monster. Um, but the... Uh, I was there for that one. Yeah. No. The... Uh, I ran a game called The Age of Masks, which was a superhero, me Cthulhu Mythos type game. And at the end of the game was literally the players had a choice to, like, um, do different things to try and stop. Like, one that was to try and stop uh, a horrible monster from being summoned. And I forgot what the two choices exactly, what the implications of them were. <laughs> but uh, it was a couple years ago. Anyway, uh, one player just said, can I use my diplomacy skills yes. to make the other player what do I what I want? Was. And you said no. No, of course you not. I'm not going to mind control other players. I can't mind control other players outside of a supernatural power to do that. I think uh, you Players said, like, have agency. That's the one thing they get. I mean, I think you said like if it was like a mind control power, yeah. then yeah, that's one right. thing. Yeah, literally. Um, but this is just, you know... You can't make other It's the same rule I've used. Yeah. You're like, no, you and can't. And I didn't think that was controversial at the time. But the guy is one of the Fear the Boot people, and he's like, no. And he went on the internet and was like, this is stupid, blah, 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 blah. I like this game. His name was Aaron, right? No, it was... was that? No, oh, no, that was some other guy. Yeah. He was just some random guy. I can't remember his name, but he was just... He got... There was a big kerfuffle... Not a big kerfuffle, but there was a regular-sized kerfuffle about this for a week or two where people were going to... There was a whole group, school of people like, yeah, of course, because there might be some players who are too shy to try and ask players to do other things or see their way or can't talk. You know, if your player, if your character is a super strong barbarian, I mean, you can't, like, smash a door down in real life, but your character can't, so why can't you just use diplomacy to do that or you know because players have free will yeah it's like you can't like that would work neutralize your whole work on NPCs you know yeah that's my point sure you know I'm a role player I'm not exactly the most charismatic person in real life that is your playing piece in the game yeah but I I say something that may sound kind of half-assed but I make a role and yeah and And it's like polishing a turd and I go so far as to say that you do that I will say all right, he makes a very convincing argument. Right. Yeah. But it's still... I, it's, still it's still your the, own I mean, agency, if it was fate, know. I might make a fate point spin to, like, say, like, you, I can compel your, your thing, uh, cost you a fate point unless you want to... Or I give you a fate right. point if you go with the argument or something like that. But other than that, like, you know, bribe them to accept it. But, like, at the end of the play, the player has choice over that, and that's just how I think right. So... After that, I, I said, I clearly am a horrible monster for doing this. I'm clearly, it's clearly my fault. Uh, I'm a horrible monster. And then we all started using that phrase. And you have never we let did. go. You've clutched onto it like a baby. Well, every, every time, every time that we run yeah. across some obstacle that we think is just a little too challenging or just, <laughs> God damn monster, it, Ross. we just don't want to fucking do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, even though the Mind Flayer City comes to mind, that was before that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That That's just the kind I, of thing that pops in my head. I don't want to do reviews. it, Ross. Yeah. We, we get all these reviews of people who, you know, critique our games uh, on actual plays. And people say, oh, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And there are some, a lot – it seems I get more criticism for being a nice GM than I, I should be hard. <laughs> like, there are people who say I should be harsher. I should kill more players, uh, characters. And you don't need to do that, Ross. We do a fine job of that ourselves. I know. Kind of well, true. I mean, like, sometimes I ha- – especially – I think I've finally gotten totally out of it, but certainly in the last couple of years, like I've been more forgiving of Aaron's mistakes than I have. I've let him skate by on things that I should have just outright killed him. I think I've, I'm pretty well, much cured of that. Like in the sense of the side of hand campaign, Caleb you know. had to learn that same thing you know, yeah. too. I mean, I remember him telling me uh, discussing 
the I fly up thing yeah. during the annual for uh, you know mm-hmm. new uh, new Arcadia. Yeah, uh, he just he was like, well, yeah, Aaron's just made a target of himself. Everybody's gonna start attacking him. He's gonna fucking die. And and like I think Caleb looked at me and I was just like, you know, giving him that look like, yeah, go ahead, target me. You know, <laughs> like I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but you're gonna kill Aaron. <laughs> I think. Well, in that case, I really would have killed Aaron's here. But your character's like you. Everybody's like, oh shit, Aaron's gonna just be toast unless we jump out there and attack. I fly up. Yeah. So like, you guys actually went in to rescue Aaron, which was we great. did. Like, well, yeah, we. Uh, if, if I remember right, but uh, because I'm, I'm we're sure. at the end of the day, we're heroes. And yeah. That, and well, we were all rushing in on that part, but it was. Well, there was that one play, that little force bubble. You could have stayed in to be totally. No, 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 no. That was the, no. We're talking about on the ship in Caleb's annual. Oh, uh, he yeah. flies up where there's yeah. like this prison and all yeah, that yeah, bad yeah. shit is going on yeah, to where yeah. they've taken oh, multiple yeah, that's men. the other time he flew up. Yeah, yeah the yeah. second time he flew up. Yeah, um, he's like, I fly up, and we're all like entering the place moments yeah. behind him, and it's like, oh, let's target the shit out of Aaron. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you could tell it was just like Aaron would either get fucked and die, and yeah. he didn't but switch yeah. targets. Yeah, I, I've had a few, like, there's been a few players, I think, that have mistaken us giving you shit when you actually present us something challenging. Yeah. I think they yeah. mistake it like we're really angry at you. Yeah. I've had a more than a, more than one comment where... Oh, really? Yeah, it's so, well, it's, it's, it was on the, there's like a series of comments where it was, it, it was just like, hey, great game, and it, it suddenly it turned into, like, well, clearly Tom cheats, and... Yeah. And there was one guy, and he said that, you know, it's, like, when Ross presented with a challenge, he's, you know, he gets, he got upset, like... That's how we talk. Uh, yeah, I think that was the Dark Sun game uh, mm-hmm. you're referring to. Uh, and I don't remember the circumstances of that. Yeah, that's I, the other thing. You I listeners need to understand. We've played so many games, and we do them so often. It's just, it's like water it all bleeds back. together. You know, it all bleeds yeah, it's, together. It's a blur. It just, Honestly, your comments give us a better memory of the game <laughs> than the actual. Yeah, it, especially when people are like, in this segment, at this exact time, I'm like, what the Well, fuck? then I can go back and yeah. listen to it. Yeah, but if you're like, like, well, thanks, man. Yeah. At least I don't that, it gives this. me our context. But, but everything else is like it really it's all like a big fear and loathing in Las Vegas jumble yeah yep. um, I know but I'm, I mean some people have encouraged me for being too harsh like uh, I remember the game that uh, well, the base that. raiders game where Aaron I've yeah. been like ooh dude come on you know and, and well, like, like, I've said something to kind of you know uh, because I was upset about something, and I yeah. can't remember. You know, I mean, there's been so many times. Well, I think it was the first time we actually, the first time we really attacked a vampire in Night's Black Agents. Oh yeah, it got yeah, to the point that, where like that was it was just... more just out of exasperation. Like Jesus fucking Christ, what do we have to do to kill uh, this I guy? Didn't really agree that. Uh, no, it was actually when they were attacking our office, and you know, where I think after we finally after he, he's been he, defenestrated, he, run blown, over, blown up, and blown up. Yeah. I mean, and he's like, we he's were dead. like Ross, he's, if you bring this guy back. I'm he's done. Dead. And actually, he said, he, <laughs> yeah, said, we well, so he, he said, like, well, you don't know. He said, like, Ross, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's I think he realized he asked to let that happen. Uh, <laughs> like, that was just too much. <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, well, I do remember one case mm-hmm. where I was criticized for being too harsh, and that was the Base Raiders game where Aaron went to rescue Sparkles the Unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and off on his own again. It, the thing was, as I mentioned in the comments, um, that sparkles, in that particular game, no, I didn't like sparkles. Man. Oh, <laughs> come on, I'm sorry. There, Just, the, the I would have killed the fucking the, the, the whole the, the encounter was optional, and but I had designed it with the entire group in mind, and so but Aaron wanted to try to get him for myself, and for me as a GM, that was hard. Sometimes it's hard to, as a GM be like I could do run something for Aaron. 
that'd be very difficult. But I didn't want to have you all sitting on the sidelines for 30 right. minutes to do a complex encounter because it's not going to be easy to get them out. Right. And so I said, I decide on the fly to simplify it by like, like. Aaron has a choice to accept. Do, trust, do you trust Sparkles to help you out, or do you not trust him? Like, and Aaron decided to trust him, and that wound up. Well, if you listen to the AP, you find out what happens. Yeah. But like, people criticized me that I was being too harsh on Aaron for that. Like, I was being too mean by. Uh, I, I remember that specifically. Well, I thought you did a great job trying to balance. Like, hey, I don't it, want it, the it, rest it, of everybody sitting there like twiddling their thumbs for a yeah. while. Because you know, I've been in games actually. I remember one Aaron ran where uh, it was the Nim game, and I sat there for like two hours not yeah. having anything to do. Yeah. And that's why I kept bringing up the thing like, oh, my mouse got raped by a zombie or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I just wouldn't let that go because I'm like, God damn, dude, my character is dead. Just let it be. Yeah. How am I alive? This makes no sense. I actually uh, got accused of being harsh, but believe it or not, with the dog punching. <laughs> yeah. I like, I. It should have been just a simple. Call okay. Cthulhu does have that problem where, like, you just like I, we encountered last night again, where people can just roll parry, roll parry, you know, dodge mm-hmm. parry, uh, every attack. So it, it kind of if you, if the dice aren't statistically average, you can have very long melee uh, fight. Which should have been a very short encounter. Yeah. Right. And I, and yeah. I I I was tempted. At, I mean, anyway, uh, yeah. we have more questions. More questions. Yes, yeah. Patrick. Right Patrick asked. What's your favorite one-shot campaign and why? Favorite one-shot or campaign and why? Uh, one-shot or campaign? Uh, as player or as GM? Um, um, I guess you could do both if you wanted, but... Uh, campaign-wise, well, campaign-wise is easy. Here's a new Arcadia. Yeah, that's that, mine, too. <laughs> that gave me base raiders, so... All that, you know, sweet, sweet Kickstarter. And I, think, uh, and I, I love superhero games. And I'm because I, I still love base raiders. I mean, I still love creating. I'm still creating more content for for it, by the way. So uh, that's easy. Yeah, easy for a campaign. For one shot, uh, probably actually, I'm gonna say Night Mall. I always I love that night. That's why I ran it like six times. Oh my god, yeah, that was I don't want my favorite, but that's a that was one of our one. earlier ones. But that was like yeah, I, I love this Carcosa shit. I'm gonna keep trying this out. <laughs> All right, that's what got yeah, me. Yeah, you, you did do the Carcosa thing a little. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. <laughs> anyway, I think my favorite one, actually my, my favorite one shot I think my favorite one shot was the uh it was wasn't this it was a game involving uh the slender man but we were like going to that we were like a film crew. Oh yeah yeah. That's yeah. I throw the rock. Oh <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a town called Hope. A that town was, called that is because Well that there there was a Fear Itself game based on Slender Man and then there was a Call of Cthulhu game based on Prototype. Oh, okay, that so I'm was, thinking of a was, different one. Okay. Yeah, that was I just remember the film crew. Thing. Yeah. Um I get the story. Get it at any cost. <laughs> yeah. I think in terms of being a player, um probably one of Caleb's Dirty World games, mm. uh, probably like Danger Fraternization. I think that was the really fun plot to see. Uh, that was really fun games. to see him being. Uh, and oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't even do that much. Dude, totally. We, we totally yeah, he was totally through, doing uh, Brad Pitt from. We, we never did say that. We met Thad through Cody, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was another. I, I knew. I knew Thad. Knew of Thad because I actually taught his wife whenever I was a yeah. GA. So there's there's an extra little tidbit too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what, Jason, what about you? Okay, so me, uh, favorite uh, one shot, favorite one where I got to just cut loose and be a dick was definitely The Haunting. Um, I love that. Oh, God. But favorite oh, in God. general, just like actually it was all solid all around and really had me hooked and 
totally into it was the Arcadia signal. I, I oh, loved yeah. that one. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. World of Darkness has always been a favorite of mine, obviously, because it was the first. I like the Arcadia Cinema, too. I like World of Darkness, but I just like mortal games more than I do. Yeah, so do uh, I. The, the stakes are higher, you know, like, the you're really more. vulnerable. Yeah. You can't just run in. You and you, you, I feel you have more of a free hand in making up new shit than you do in Call of Cthulhu. I think there's a lot of times when you play Call of Cthulhu, people expect the mythos as it is written in the 30s, like it was written in stone or whatever. Uh, and so, you know, like, like I mean, like the other night I was going through my collection of Call of Cthulhu scenarios, figuring out what I was going to run Friday night. And there's just so many scenarios, like there's a sorcerer in a farm in Arkham County in the middle of nowhere, and he's kidnapping women to rape them and impregnate them with monsters. And that's the plot. That like you do. Like, like you, you do. do. And there's like a fucking, like even in the Unspeakable Oath, there's a lot of these scenarios that are just like really rehashing old territory. Yeah. Old ground, so. But yeah, no, but I, I, so I, I like the like darkness. And I also liked how I was able to bring that character in. Even though we didn't finish the Slenderman thing, I brought the same character in. Yeah. That he had been changed. Yeah, I really it. wish I could have finished that. Oh, man, I, I was really liking that character and liking how that played out. Yeah. Um, that was nice. But then as far as favorite campaign, uh, I really, really liked uh, the new Arcadia campaign, but I got to go No Evil. Um, All right, yeah. I, yeah really, I, I really have to because I started off... Not really knowing where I feel about this system. It's new. It's weird. It's different. Yeah. I like a lot about it, but man, there's so much to take in at first. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're just kind of like overwhelmed. And like, I didn't know anything about my character. And it wasn't until Caleb started doing, uh, you know, like really mapping out a story and a plot that I actually yeah. started feeling for my character and liking yeah. him. I didn't care if Gerard died at the beginning. I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll throw him in there, can of fodder, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, that first, um, that first inkling I started liking my character was when uh, Caleb took on the role of Gardas and started yelling, Gerard. And I was like, okay. I kind of like this. When was that? Was it? Uh, it was, that was really early on. I can't okay. remember. Um, and then it wasn't uh, until yeah, I met I, think I, know. I met, and met Fedorov, the the other person that was in my yeah. And the first time I it ever was later on when we got to the scum swarm and I met Fedorov that like yeah, I really yeah. felt like oh man this character actually has some depth that yeah. I yeah. And the first time I ever played a social character, really. Yeah, Preston was pretty pretty fun. So <laughs> what, is that your choice, well, or do you have a different one, New World uh, or? No, I'm still gonna have to go with uh, New Arcadia. Okay. Any. Uh, but okay, an honorable mention for honorable mention for my one shot. I already mentioned uh, the you know one of the Slender Man, yeah, a town called Oba. But okay, it's my it, it was mine, but I div- divine fire for the first one. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was a damn yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked your second one more, but you're the one. But what I meant is like your know, part one, not yeah, yeah, part one. Not, not I'm talking like divine fire one, not two. Yeah, the KGB no, that's yeah, yeah, that's been that that is a hallmark. Uh, that's actually yeah, probably yeah. one of my other favorite one shots. Yeah, town called Hope. I think. I, that, that overall it was above average, but I think that opening scene is probably the best opening scene I've ever run because mm-hmm. that like it had the right mixture of comedy and suspense and action and you guys I mean everything because it was like a very sort of simple and I, the thing is sometimes as a GM I try to run games like as minimally as possible like create the most in- engaging uh, game I can with as few props basically as possible because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to like. Oh, and there's this... I don't want to have to pull in Yogg-Sothoth or Cthulhu or, like, an army of bad guys or just... I don't... I'd, like, one bad guy, one dead body, just very... And then, like, everyone's losing their shit and throwing rocks at cars and just going nuts. And I loved it, so... Yeah. Anyways, 
There's okay. a certain elegance that I admire. Another question, uh, Noah. This is a um, multiple question. Also, do you have a process for your character creation? Do you come up with your archetype first, stats and skills, or some sort of combo? Thanks and congrats on 100 episodes. Yay! It really, for me, one of the, I guess one of my main things is uh, whenever I'm making a character, I always think, of, like, what does a group need? Like, I'll be whatever that the group needs yeah, so you, like yeah that's you, my my you go-to take that fill in yeah yeah so i'll be the cleric because nobody wants to be the heel right. god i'll be the whatever uh if i have a choice though if that it doesn't matter um i tend to it, it really depends on the game and the system like it's a different approach for each thing so right uh and also the game so it's something usually i get one particular thing that i want to do and then everything on that character is based on that one hook that i'm i'm interested in so like for bartleby i wanted to play a lost i wanted to play an async and so i and then you built it from there i built it like who is the best who is the archetypal async the lost the lost are all async so i will be a lost async well they're crazy okay well i will do something where he has a sister he's looking for a sister he doesn't know like and i don't know i as the player don't know yeah uh, and then alice in wonderland so like that's how that grew that that was that process Mm -hmm. so uh me the same way going with Preston then. Mm-hmm. First thing I with him I thought of was Octopus. Octopus. Octomorph. Yeah, <laughs> yeah clearly. Of course, it's Tom. Yeah. Yes, but that's the first thing. Having that got gotten that out of the way. Yeah. Then I kinda I for that one I just kinda thought, what have I what have I never done? Yeah. Yep. Play against type. Mm-hmm. Yep. Within sort of play with type and play mm-hmm. against type. But it's time. for the question actual question, I almost always think of the archetype first. Yeah. Uh, you know what I of what the I go with the overall thing of what he's going to be. It's like the same thing when we were thinking up characters for the second that other eclipse phase thing. Oh yeah, like we like we sat down and we went to a yeah we had show. it like a year ahead of time for a duality uh, when we first started it like yeah uh, at Gen Con like practically that was exactly yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, we went to like a coffee shop for over two hours to discuss it yeah, yeah. and we had it all mapped out that we were going to be science bros. And I and honestly, you were pretty good science. And I honestly think I think that it was it was actually using that when I distilled why I didn't I still don't care for the tribes of Tokyo is because I I had no time to do that. Yeah, I just chose. I just I chose. Yeah, you you started with the archetype, or or uh, you started (laughs) with the forger. You started with the forger. I'm going to play the forger because once it goes for me, you didn't make the story. Yeah, and actually, it's literally like choosing. Okay, what does the group need? Yeah, that was what I was doing first. So I had. No connection to yeah. my character. Right. And, and with Tribes of Tokyo, too, we were, you know, Ross had it really planned out. Okay, these are going to be the assorted characters you can choose from. their archetypes. Pick one and let's go with it. And uh, so we really didn't have a lot of backstory. Only Caleb was the one to really construct it. And it was even after the thing was getting going. Mm-hmm. So, no, he had it from the beginning. I mean, he has mm-hmm. character. But not quite as, like... He didn't have every single detail yeah, worked out, not, but he not, knew that. But he by, was, by the end of it, his he knew that he was, was the, the washed-up ex-secret uh, yeah, yeah. agent. Or God, remember all the? Ba- I, I had the, that backstory for Kyrop <laughs> that I posted. Yeah, I had to. I had to oh, go. Yeah, to, I had to go to post because it was so long. Yeah, yeah. yours was that was insane. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I kind of do a similar thing. I always see what the party needs first. Um, and I don't mind filling in the gap. Like whenever we played No Evil, the reason why I didn't have any attachments to Gerard at first was yeah. because I okay, well we need the combat guy. Okay, sure, I'll be the combat guy. Um, and that's all it was at first. And that's combat all it guy. was at first. But slowly I built up a personality. Yeah. Um, 
What I like to do, though, what I prefer is always coming up with a story. You know, even in like that one shot or three shot that you ran with the mass, um, not mass. Oh, you play, where you, play, you played the elite. Where I played the elite. Like yeah, I wrote a backstory for that. I really liked it. I and so did I. For, yeah, yeah not, the age of mass. And I did too for Revenant. Uh, and like I yeah. really got into it, and I was like, man, I can't believe I just did that for you know something that we're not going to continue for a campaign. But I totally dug it. I did the same thing whenever I played uh, in the Iron Heroes game, just, you know, yeah. the last... Like, I like coming up with the story first. It doesn't matter about stats and skills. I remember back in the day when I was a high schooler, sure, I would min-max the shit out of my characters. But, but that's but high now, school. You do that. That's what you I'm do. like, ooh, what can I do? What can I play with? I, yeah. I, I prefer now to be more of the uh, jack-of-all-trades... Yeah. So that I can kind of experiment and see where I like this character going before I start building on the, the sure. aspects. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, but, I mean, that's always the way I play characters, at least mm -hmm. since I've been with you guys. Uh, I think that that goes through those lists of questions. There's just a few yeah. more. Um, All right, yeah. I mean, we've, yeah. We, we've, yeah, we've got we got quite time. a bit. Go ahead. Yeah, we're, well, we, we still have a lot more to record. <laughs> uh, okay. We're very lucky. Okay, um... Should I ask the one about Aaron wandering off, or should we wait? For All right, well, we'll do we'll do that. We'll we'll end the segment with that with your theories, so we can get uh, maybe you know have Aaron. Uh, or do we want to do the desert island thing? Uh, we'll do both. Or we do both out of that Okay, so, let's start with the desert island right. thing. Okay, Thomas asks, if the cast of RPPR were trapped on a deserted island, who would last the longest? Who would be the first one eaten? And who, who be the one to actually make it off the island? Who would be the one? There's no wood. Yeah. Uh, long odds for any... Well, Tom, do you want to answer first? Um, I'm going to say I don't put high odds for me. Yeah. Because I know what I'm capable of. And if I was <laughs> lost on a deserted island, I would not have any skills to contribute. <laughs> or uh, I, I, would ha I wouldn't be able to... I'm not very physically fit. Right. These, these are us, not, not characters we yeah. play. Yeah. No, clearly. Or how we play characters. Yeah. I have a feeling, actually, if we got stranded on an island, I might probably be one of the first to die. Because of this, you know, uh, just with, with the whole situation and the lack of probable rescue, I'm not, I'm not going to turn into Tom Hanks and cast away, and four years later I'm throwing spears and killing fish with it. Well, I mean, he had a whole, like, uh, ice ice skate, you know? Yeah, he did. Volleyball. He had things. Yeah, he, he had, had things. things. Yeah, so he was fine. So if you're talking about me with no things, yeah. I'm, well, I'm fucked. But yeah, we don't need a volleyball to talk to. We got each other. We can, yeah. you know, but how soon? But how soon? Yeah, but how soon? How soon? I, I remember the rules for Cthulhu Dark in my head. We could just run Cthulhu Dark from now until <laughs> the end of time. Well, and I for some, even though I because it was the game I played, I've memorized all the, the Palladium system. God damn it! No, no, no. we that's Ruled what that's out. how you're gonna get. That's killed. how you would die. Caleb's gonna kill you. <laughs> you're gonna start talking Palladium. He's gonna kill you because he's just gonna grab you and you're because you're gonna be yelling at him. He's gonna carry. He's gonna climb up the cliff. It's gonna be a murder suicide. Caleb is clearly gonna kill. To which you will, you will, then, which you will finally scream like, "See, it's easier to go down." <laughs> As he comes down the yeah. cliff and, ram yeah. and rams an ice skate. So I, yeah, Tom and Caleb are dead first. <laughs> uh, Caleb's just gonna break. Well, Caleb's great at like strategizing, but I don't know like particular skills. I mean, he can he can weigh in on. Yeah, this I think later. he would just snap. I think uh, Tom's he might gonna snap. Tom's, might Tom's right. gonna try and organize play him game because he knows the rules. And and it's just gonna. Um, it, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's gonna come because we don't like. And, and we're torn, we don't we're have torn any other on, RPGs. Uh, yeah. We're torn on uh, 
you know, either Aaron dying first or Aaron dying. Here's not, my theory. Or Aaron surviving. Here, here's because my theory. Because Aaron, Aaron's like the most random luck charm. Like, exactly. He exactly. either goes one way or the here's other. Here's what's happening. There's going to be all of us in the one thing. Channel. And then Aaron's just going to go do something else. He's just going to be like, I think there's a uh, temple on the other side of the island. What? What are you talking about? There's a submarine over there. I'm going to get it. So he's going to die first or he's not going to die. The voices are talking to him. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be, he's just going to pull like a side mission and just go off on his own and do it. And he's either going to be the first one to get rescued, the first one to die, and it's going to be a totally different fate than us. It's like he's in a totally he's, different yeah. island altogether. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's, that's my theory about him. So Tom and Caleb are dead first. Like, uh, like look, look at how we've described Aaron's thing as opposed to Caleb. Caleb, like in the game, yeah. would would map everything the fuck out and survive. Yeah. But Caleb in real life is 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 a little different. Aaron in real life and Aaron in the game are virtually inseparable. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, jeez. Uh, who would be the first one? I, I mean, to be honest, we're all probably gonna get eaten. We're, we're, like, oh, they're yeah, gonna die yeah, first, yeah. and then we're we're gonna be dead before their corpses are even cold. Like, we're we're it's not. <laughs> Like, obviously, if it was me in the game, I would fuck you all over and get the hell out. God damn it, Jason. <laughs> but in real life... But in real yeah. life, I can't do that. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not capable of that. Because I think we of... all lack the skills to survive. Yeah, we're not... We're, I, we're, I, we're suburban boys. We're not... We're not uh, I, I could maybe do some things, but not not enough. I, well, I think we're, some of us could if we had things. Yeah, if we had... But we don't. But if we don't, no. We're just... We're all that we're all walking meat waiting yeah. to waiting to spoil. At Pretty that much. Point. So that I hope that answers that question. Yeah, I think we've I think right. we've kind of exhausted that one. Um, so why does Aaron wander off alone? What's your theory? All right, who who you want to answer? Uh, let's ask Tom. Tom's known him as long. I've known him a long time. Yeah, um, I think this is part of it. It's because okay. it's because of Aaron's inherent Boy Scoutness. And it's for most of the time... Not Boy Scout as he can survive on the desert island. No, just like, oh, the, he's being the Boy Scout. Right, yeah. I think he just... I think he kind of naturally assumes that all of us are violent monsters, which has a grain <laughs> of truth. Remember, he is the guy that has to hack the Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines game because he doesn't want to go around sucking blood out of people. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I think not not a lot, but some of it is he kind of want doesn't want to be part of what our inevitable horrible, violent plan will machinations. Be. Yeah, kind of like you know, kind of like the way I had Vosh in uh, the New World. Sometimes it's kind of <laughs> right. I think I have something I got to go do while you're discussing this thing that I naturally would would have to kill you all for. Yeah, mm-hmm. doesn't sound very yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. I think. I think another thing is he. I think when he goes off on his own, especially in danger, I think he really hopes that he'll overcome it and be the hero. Yeah, That's, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, think, I that, think he's got the hero complex. I too. think he really wants to do that. He, I think he he's uh, the kind of guy. Who's like, Fuck it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm big, big risk, big reward. Mm-hmm. I think that that's his motto for a lot of this. He claims yeah. he doesn't like to gamble. I think he's a gambler. I think well, in that in that sense, because he's doing it for the right sure. reasons. So I think he's he's willing to do that. I think there is a bit the of the like, damsel in distress. He wants to be the martyr. Well, right. okay, rescuing the soul from hell is proof of he the damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah. And I think there is sort of a lack of like thinking about consequences. Like there there is a disconnect You're between thinking about the immediate rather yeah, than yeah. the. Uh, or the logical consequences of its actions. So he sort of like. So I think that that kind of that that's his main. Yeah. So anyway. No. Uh, 
I was thinking like uh, like Epimetheus instead of Prometheus. You know, their names mean Epimetheus means uh, uh, thinking after. Yeah. Uh, you know, so in hindsight, Prometheus, of course, is thinking before. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's where I kind of put Aaron too. Yeah, he's definitely like an Epimetheus. It's like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that after the fact. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think I think you're right. He he likes to go off on his own. He wants to to maybe prove himself. Uh, I think he might have, yeah a little bit of something. He has something to prove. He thinks um, he, he feels he has that. Or maybe you know he thinks he's he's got a better idea of the situation or a better handle, or he wants to see if he can. Uh, come up with some kind of plan or whatever on his own. And a lot of I things, think there's actually a I bit of calcu- calculator brilliance in his plan in that he is like betting that we're not going to kill his character <laughs> when we do it. Because there <laughs> has been a reluctance in the past, at least on mm-hmm. my part. And to, so I, I think him. I've finally weaned myself of that. Cause a lot like, of his favorite characters... A lot of his favorite but characters... But we've are, insulated him from the his... The, the 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 consequence of his actions like all right you're not dead you just you know so he's like yeah whatever but yeah some of his favorite characters they they often like Doctor Who yeah they they do like you know it's like they know what they have they know what needs to be done yeah and everyone else is just kind of idiots in their way like yeah. it's like if you would just follow me everything would be fine yeah so a lot of his heroes are the same way right, yeah two more Tom where does the propensity uh, from Beast, I guess, is on the forums or something. Beast. Oh, for I mean, Beast. Beast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, wh- where does the thing with Tom playing German characters come from? Why do you have Die Hard? To do? The movie Die Hard. Hans Gruber. So you want to play and, the losers in that movie? No, no. It's Hans Gruber. It's Die Hard and the fact that I took German in high school. <laughs> I took Latin in high school. Yeah, but it's I. I it's, it's the, yeah, okay. I took it and I actually really enjoyed it. Not enough to keep learning it, so I remembered it. <laughs> but you're gonna name all your characters here. No, it's just, but it's like I, I felt like for what was the one accent I kind of really felt comfortable doing. All right. Tom is secretly a Nazi. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. You're only saying that because when I played Battlefield 1942 at Geekers, <laughs> I named myself Nazi Werewolf. Yeah. A lot. And you've said all your games with all right. Nazis. And the, the last, yeah, all my games have Nazis, Ross. Every last clearly a Nazi. Yeah, except he's been around since the 1600s. Well, he, he once you join the Nazi, you can't go back. Yeah, he joined the Nazis. He wasn't captured and forced by, against his will. Tomato, tomato. Okay. <laughs> Who the hell says tomato? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Jesus does? Anyway, change Maybe. Okay, so anyways, uh, last question uh, for us anyways. All right. Uh, who are your favorite fiction writers, and what have they written that I should read? And this is by... Uh, uh, here, Ross. Gorka Marka? Yeah, Gorka Marka. Okay. A, uh, Warhammer well, I can answer that I right don't away. Know that. Uh, I can answer that right away. Go ahead. Well, obviously, H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Good. I don't think I even need to go into detail for that. Yeah. Yeah. My other is uh, F. Paul Wilson. I really, he's, I really like him. He did uh, one keep. of my The Keep, which is also part of the Adversary Cycle, which I really, really good series of books I like. Yeah. Or Repairman. He also did Repairman Jack. Mm. So he's currently my besides Lovecraft, my current fave. Um. Really influential authors to me, uh, Mark Twain, uh, yes, yes. the Huckleberry Finn. Uh, there's a lot of uh, gaming Connecticut material. Connecticut Yankee for me. Yeah, uh, the uh, Graham Greene, uh, who is a English uh, uh, sort of noir. Well, not noir, but like British uh, bureaucrats yeah, in Africa. 
being going through horrible crises and like existential kind of fiction. No, it um, isn't. So turn the volume all the way down. It's still on. Uh, so so now. So let's see who else. Um, Bullfinch's mythology, just in general. Yes. Yes. Um, there's also I can't remember what it's called, but there's a book of uh, Eskimo. Uh, Inuit mythology, like, and it's just very bleak mm. and dark, and I love it. Uh, so I really dug that. Hunter S. Thompson, and um, those are the immediate ones that come to mind that look going to my bookshelves and like, oh yeah, that guy, that guy, that yeah. her, her right. him. And I mean, uh, like, sure, there were things that influenced us with kids, but now you know Stephen King. I got to, I got to mention him too. Well, well, yeah, for Cody, at least, for the Dark Tower fantasies that he has. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I like the stand also. But uh, I think for me, like, yeah, definitely Mark Twain. Definitely um, a lot of... There's a lot of literary things I could say out of me. Yeah. We've got, you know, us being English majors and all that. Ding. Um, as far as... Uh, oh, I would have to say not necessarily, like, text fiction, but... Uh, Warren Ellis. Uh, Warren Ellis, tr- yes. Between Planetary, Transmetropolitan, and Global Frequency. I, I think I ripped off half of his ideas for games. Base Raiders is... He, you can clearly see Planetary. planetary yeah. yeah. So that's... Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I haven't finished Transmetropolitan. Damn it. Um, it's a very eclipse phase kind of game. I know. I need, to, I need to... Well, you, if you start it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, for me... Uh, I really liked, uh, you know, just in recent years, uh, Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash like was just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I thought that was awesome. I, I've tried to start Cryptonomicon. Um, I finished it. It's it's it looks a little. Uh, it's a pretty. It's a little intimidating. intense. Yeah. Intimidating. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth reading. Um, but but I I do like his writing style. Um, you know I, I tend to gravitate toward fantasy, but I've tried to go more sci-fi lately. Um, of course, I read the George R. R. Martin stuff, so. And all the Wheel of Time series and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really like Jim Butcher. I mean, that's, <laughs> really, that's that's the one. <laughs> the Dresden yeah. Files. The Dresden Files are the ones that mm-hmm. just still like I have to read them as soon as they come out. Yeah. In fact, twenty uh, seventh, yeah. next one. Mm. Raiding the Hall of Hell. All right. Oh, another one. I guess last I got, I mentioned Edgar Allan Poe for me. Oh yes, Poe yeah. is Poe is great. All right, uh, well, we'll be back uh, after a Skype segment and a little more roundtable discussion for our 100th episode special. Yay! <laughs> Bye. All right. Hey, this is Ross Payton, and I'm here with Shane Ivey and Greg Stolze uh, to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, RPPR and ArcDream and the One Roll Engine. Uh, so I talked, I met you first, Shane, uh, back at Gen Con some <laughs> years ago. Uh, so can you tell us uh, a little bit about uh, how you first found out about RPPR and uh, what, uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, actually I think the first time we met in person was at Origins, maybe the same year, but, um, uh, John Addis was running a, uh, was running a game of Delta Green game there. And I kind of wandered over just to sort of see what the game was like or what the attendance was like and, and so forth. And, um, and, uh, 
I think it was I think it was you that I met there who. Uh, well, the first time I remember meeting you was at Gen Con. Really? Maybe it was year, somebody else then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was the year that uh, Adam Scott Glancy ran the Zeppelin. Yeah. One game, and I pitched to you the uh, um, curriculum of conspiracy, the uh, monster and other childish things source book. Right. Because uh, at that point, it was just a uh, Monsters and Other Childish thing. was just a thin little RPG without even the hardcover release yet. Right, and, right. Uh, I was really, I really liked it. And after the game, I pitched you the idea. And then uh, that year was the year that uh, RPPR started up. So the podcast hadn't even started yeah. up. But um, when did you become aware of RPPR as a podcast? I mean, I mean we've been doing posting stuff on and on but i'm not sure when people start finding, oh this guy's doing a podcast right right well yeah i mean i don't i don't know um exactly but i know it was it was pretty early on i mean you and i were in correspondence uh really frequently just around that time with with curriculum in development and um and uh and so uh so yeah it was it was kind of cool you know it was it was really early on when when uh when you guys first started putting stuff out um, that I was that you know I started listening. Uh, uh, oh, so you, you listen uh, on a regular basis as well? It's hard to. Uh, I, yeah, I, not, I, no, I, I re- honestly, and and I'm I'm sorry to say that <laughs> I haven't in in quite a while because I haven't listened to any podcasts in a long time, um, just because my schedule is weird and I like for a long time I was commuting and driving the yeah. car you know for an hour and a half a day is great for podcast listening for yeah. Sure. But um, I can't listen to podcasts or even really, uh, really not even music when I'm working because my brain gets distracted by words, and so um, especially especially writing, it's absolutely horrible or editing. Um, so so I basically kind of you know work in pretty much complete silence, like a like a monk down here, and um, and that means that. Uh, and, and I'm not driving anywhere, you know. I just work out of out of my office here at the house. So, um, so I haven't listened to um, listened to any podcasts, which I used to listen to a lot, and I like them a lot. But I just never have the time, and or you know, I never have. I don't know. I, it's never. It's just a thing that's that doesn't really fit anymore. Like I don't have that time dedicated where I can actually just listen to things and you know and enjoy. Well, that. your next long drive up to Gen Con. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, when we drive up to Gen Con, every year I drive up with um, John Marin and uh, uh, my friend Kevin Pisano, um, right. that uh, help help run the uh, run the booth at Arc Dream uh, at Gen- the Arc Dream booth at Gen Con. So I mean, I I, I am the same way. Uh, I don't I only listen to podcasts when I'm I'm driving or doing something like that, um, and. Lately, I've been work. You know, I have like a. Uh, there is a part-time job where I go to an office and work, uh, and that I can listen to like a twenty or thirty-minute podcast. So I've been listening to Night Vale. Welcome to Night Vale a lot. <laughs> but other than that, I haven't been listening to many podcasts. So I, I'm guilty of the same thing. Yeah, it's it's uh, and it's and I you know I kind of hate it because um, because I yeah. you know I actually really liked listening to a lot of them and uh, right. you know and and especially RPPR. You know, you guys have always been really really. You know, um, you know, really funny and kind of down to earth, and um, and and um, you tended to put on a lot of uh, 
actual play stuff of um, things that I helped make. So that's <laughs> even better. Uh, so speaking of actual plays, so uh, Greg, we've done a lot of your games uh, <laughs> on the podcast uh, from Mo- uh, well, not not monsters, but uh, uh, Wild Talents especially, since I've ran like a thirty session campaign of Wild Talents and. What, uh, when did you first become aware of this? Uh, I mean, and have you seen or sort of any kind of influence of RPPR on people who have like bought your game or played your game or gone to you, talk to you about it? Or, I mean, what, what do you think of when you think of RPPR? Well, let's see. Uh, I, I can't think of a, uh, you know, a moment where I'm like, that's when they came on my radar. It was just like, it, that's that's it, because of the roofies. You don't remember. It rose up from the ground like fog, and you know, <laughs> one minute it uh, it had never been there, and the next it was like it had always been there. Um, I think, I think the earliest thing I may have heard was you guys doing the uh, the Ab three. Uh, oh, you remember that the Ab three uh, sketches that yeah RPG. And, oh, okay. You know, it, and I'd read those, and so I'd read some of them, and so I'm like, oh, I can, I can now hear them acted out. This will be, yeah. this will be even more disturbingly amusing. And so, uh, and then, you know, actually met you guys at Gen Con, uh, playing the playing in Glancy's uh, historical <laughs> games, where, as I recall, you always had like super hot dice. Uh, I think that's that wasn't always that because in the first game I ever played uh, one of Galancy's game my character died he fell off the zeppelin uh, but I failed one too many dex checks trying to get away from the invisible monster uh, but after that the U-boat Harouse yeah, was rolling like, like crazy damn those creatures make sand checks when they see Ross coming and that's kept up with a couple other of the uh, the games oh yeah the, uh, the, the one with the biplanes you were. Yeah, the night mission. You were the, uh, the stone cold badass, and the rest of us were <laughs> sort of your uh, Bigglesworth, your Velma and Shaggy. <laughs> uh, that that was fun. Um, yeah, I was uh, Lieutenant Bigglesworth. Uh, <laughs> that's on our uh, AP site. But yeah, the the Glancy games. I think those were. Um, I wish. I mean, I did have a recorder for the the Zeppelin game, but the first game I recorded was the uh, uh, Dig to Victory or Dig for Victory. Oh yeah. Uh, and you were in that as well, weren't yes. you? You were. Yeah. I, I have fond memories. I'd follow that man to hell and back. <laughs> uh, Wait, so was it even like an game? hour, and then an hour later, didn't you say you'd follow him to hell and back? I have reconsidered my position. Uh, and it, uh, so, so of course, I just, what I remember is my own, you know, witticisms, but. Because, uh, yeah, I think one of my favorite memories of any Gen Con game I've ever played or been involved in with you, Greg, is the uh, the game I ran for you uh, based on Well Sacrifices uh, the from the Mes- Secrets of Mesoamerica uh, that Pagan Publishing put out. Uh, do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Everything yeah. clicked. <laughs> what I loved. Uh, so were you in that game as well, Shane? I think yeah, you were. yeah. I, I, yeah. Played a, I played an uh, archaeologist on the make with Super yeah. and then became a... a horrible cultist at the end 
I think what I would no, I think what I, and I love that scenario because uh, aside from it being a, a TPK, a spoiler alert, I think it was Greg's genius in like embracing bad roles uh, that his character was making in like making and I've done that and I've adopted that sort of trait myself. Even when as a player, I understand what's going on. Like my character doesn't understand. I'm just like, yeah, no, they're clearly vampires. Right. Uh, they're clearly something like the dice you know, were speaking to me. And they said, lead them all to doom. Uh, in fact, there was recently a game uh, of Call of Cthulhu that Tom ran uh, that he we were playing for him. And we were dealing with uh, ghouls. But my character, of course, being like a bank robber, was like, I don't know. I, they're vampires. They're clearly vampires. You know, they're, they're, they're ugly, monstrous guys with supernatural powers. What else could they be? What, uh, what else indeed? So. <laughs> the logic's um, irrefutable. <laughs> So um, now that we're in sort of this area of like you know, of RPGs where people can now listen to games uh, or uh, consume game content in a lot of different ways, uh, do you think that podcasting is changing the way games are being made or being marketed? Or, I mean, what, what do you do? You, do you think what uh, do RPG podcasts have? Good question for someone other than me, um, <laughs> because I. I you know, for to my great sorrow, I don't track trends nearly as well as I ought to or as well as I should be able to. I mm-hmm. tend to just make things and, you know, push them onto the market and wait for money to come back. <laughs> and so in and, uh, you know, in my def- in the defense of this this system, uh, you know, money keeps coming back. Uh, so I don't have, I don't know how much of that is due to the promotion that RRPR. I, I, I don't know if there's an RRPR bounce, um, but um, yeah, I, I, it's it's certainly very gratifying to know how much you guys are uh, are running my stuff. But I'm not uh, you know getting lots of emails that say, oh yeah, well I knew I had to pick this game up because I heard it on RRPR. <laughs> Because I don't get lots of emails saying anything about my uh, my work. It's just, you know, I put it out and I might get, you know, one or two Twitter comments and that's it. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I actually do pretty frequently um, here, you know, on uh, from people that have heard about stuff uh, from the RPPR podcasts and the act- podcast and the actual play podcast. Um for uh, you know, for 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 all the games, the wild talons and monsters and better angels and um, and um, I mean, and particularly, I mean, there are some events that are sort of um, uh, communication heavy, I guess, or that kind of it, it motivate people to get in touch and respond, like Kickstarter programs. So we're I'm, I'm usually real likely to hear from people that have come aboard. Um, because they heard something, you know, on a podcast or saw something on their favorite. Um, Leave it to the business guy to. <laughs> so, um, but uh, well, I mean, it's not, and it's not just RPPR. I mean, there there are a lot of pod. I mean, there are at least some podcasts now. They're doing a lot of like art dream games in particular, like uh, the Drunk and the Ugly podcast. Yeah, they've at this point they've done way more monsters yeah. and other childish things <laughs> games than I've ever run. I mean. They've got like uh, well over a hundred uh, wow. episodes of monsters games. This is the first I've ever heard of them. 
but of course. Oh wow, that's only <laughs> more Ben's links from time to time. Game. But um, but yeah, yeah I just it, it's like again since I don't really keep up with podcasts very often, you know, it'll like every couple of months I'll I'll see. A, a Twitter note that I'll sort of happen to be on Twitter when when they're when they tweet something, and um, you know, and then poke, poke over, and it's like, oh wow, there's another mountain of awesome, funny stuff for for monsters. That's terrific. But <laughs> yeah, no, they're really good about that. Yeah, um, it, it does it. You know, the existence of podcasts. It, it ha- for me, it hasn't really changed the way that um, we make games, but. Um, but it it certainly is it certainly is is a medium that's proven really valuable in in outreach, um, because uh, you know it, it, well, I mean basically in in most cases un, unless you unless you have to do a lot of editing work it's a lot easier to just post audio of a game than it is to transcribe a game right so you have yeah. a fairly well accessible way of just letting people hear what a game is like and it, you know honestly it has the it has an advantage over seeing people playing a game because usually watching people play a role-playing game is so ridiculously awkward and off-putting you know that it's not any yeah. fun unless, unless you're felicia day nobody wants to watch you play right <laughs> yes so that even rhymes i know i was i was just thinking that i think that yeah uh, so um but you know, if it if it's just audio, you know, I, I think I think it, it becomes actually more accessible because, um, you know, because you're sort of because you're just hearing them and you don't you don't feel. It's, it's I mean, interesting we're, we're playing games, watching people, and I've thought about this a lot, but, but you yeah. know, because because I would love to, um, you know, I, I want to have more things out there showing our games in play and showing what they're like. Um, yeah. And I've thought about doing video stuff, and I've kind of always wind up leaning away from it um, because the the sort of uh, as wonderful as role playing can be um, around a table for the players around the table back and forth, where you've got that communication going on, and you know you've got uh, body language going on, and, and all the other things that you lose when you when you switch just to audio. Um, it only really works for the people that were around the table, you know, because each of those players is fully kind of engaged and invested in the characters and in the action and what the dice are doing. And so they're sort of focused like lasers on each other. But and it would work for LARPs, but it, I don't think it works for tabletop very, uh, as well. Uh, for the same reason that, I mean, Watching people shoot craps on video wouldn't be that thrilling. Yeah, you're, you're basically when you're the one ra- rattling the dice. Yeah, you know, you're you're sucked in. <clears throat> right. So, um, which uh, which yeah, I mean, watching other people have fun on video. I mean, uh, well, I mean that works wonders for the porn industry, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly, sadly, not so much for gamers. But uh, well, actually, you know, it's interesting you bring this up, uh, and I was—I uh, used to think of that way myself. Uh, but I've recently, by tracking refer links to RPPR, uh, I've come across several Reddit discussions mm-hmm. where people are specifically looking for video actual play of RPGs. Um, and I think because recently, because of Google Hangouts and the integration of uh, video into like, oh, let's do a Google video 
hang out and then let's yeah, post it you to know, YouTube. Yeah, you know that's a good point. I forgot about uh, I forgot about that. And of course, I've I've recorded a, um, a several um, Google Hangout games that I ran at for Lovecraft Easy and over the uh, a few last few months. Um, and that's interesting. And and I think actually that's that's kind of the exception to what I was talking about because there everybody's kind of talking to the camera right so if you're watching well there there are two types one is the um everyone's like on skype or google hangout so it's everybody's like a picture a a headshot basically uh talking to each other uh also sometimes with a tabletop program like roll 20 or fantasy grounds or whatever uh but the other one is like a like a web camera set up in the corner Mm -hmm. of a table uh and everyone just going to talk uh, and just recording us, a group of people doing it, and they've yeah. done it on like streaming sites, and I, and that's something I've thought about. My, I've wondered about myself about whether I don't think I'll RPPR will ever do that uh, because our just our players we're we're kind of used to the way we're doing things. Mm. Uh, but it's 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 kind of an interesting conundrum. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious now. Ch- I haven't seen all that, so maybe you know if there, maybe maybe there's an audience for it. Uh, I mean, there is a subreddit called RPG all Recordings. That, yeah. Uh, that uh, I will give you guys the link to. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'd, 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 I one thing I would definitely like to do more of is short videos, um, just showing how the games how elements of the games work you know yeah the the one roll engine could re- would really benefit from from that um from from being able to just sort of show the dice on the table you know and sorting them and how how they work in each different game and um and, and i mean you can kind of explain that with yeah. dice in front of you in a tenth of the time that it takes to explain it on in you know in text so um yeah i can see that if you wanted to do it right i guess you'd want like three cameras one for the table and then you know the others positioned around to face various people and then you'd need someone to edit uh it together which would be a gigantic job of work um well yeah yeah i i I don't know if i would there is tabletop to do i'd like to do some of those at gen con but i don't know if i'm if if i want to try even try to get that ambitious um as much as make it probably probably wind up having to make it fairly informal you know recording with just with phones and 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 whatever um It's it's an interesting thing to see how like the habits of players are changing. I think a lot of tabletop gaming is now being done more online, especially because uh, it's hard to find a group and schedule things together. Uh, geography, but with the internet, I mean, a lot of groups are just playing online now because it's easier to schedule something over well, Skype or Hangouts. Yeah, I mean, in one of one of my home groups, uh, one of the players moved up to Toronto, so we get together at a friend's house, and uh, he. He just skypes in through the video. As nights in the of the dinner table predicted back yeah. in the late nineties. <laughs> yeah, and um, and uh, yeah, and and I don't know if he's still doing it for for quite a while. Dennis um, was was running an online game on video, uh, just of old 
1981 era basic D and D for a Dennis Detwiller was a bunch yeah. of his buddies that he was oh, friends wow. with back in the day that they played him running D and D. Like, is it the Tomb of Horrors basically the entire? Oh time? no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I just can't imagine his kind of dungeons. I mean. They're, they're, <laughs> There, there would be pretty uh, lethal. Well, uh, we, you know, we we all have, we all have layers, Ross. You know, <laughs> I, I spend, these are just. I spend vast chunks of my time doing nothing but Tolkien these days. Uh, that's I, I have seen that on your Facebook. Uh, I do really want to try the One Ring uh, game at some point. Um, or that's what it's called, right? The yeah, yeah, the, the One Ring, yeah. yeah, from Cubicles. Um, that does sound. It does look pretty cool, uh, but. Um, so in the future, um, so from AB three scouts to the actual plays and everything that we're doing now, um, are there any things you would like to see from RPPR in the future? I mean, what would you, would you like uh, aside from playing more Arc Dream games? I'm just gonna uh, say Arc keep Dream on keeping on. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's like oh well you know this is this is really working for us. Let's change things. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, for me, uh, personally, I'm just always trying trying to find that sweet spot between effort versus sort of, um, I wouldn't say necessarily reward, but like uh, impact on uh, an audience. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I chose to go into actual plays or like to post actual plays is because it was relatively easy for me to do to create the content and uh, to put out on a regular basis as opposed to the eight. That's one of the main reasons why I stopped doing the AB3 sketches is for a 15 minute sketch, like 10 to 15 minute script uh, that took like four hour, three, three, four hours worth to record six different actors do takes and then another four, three to six hours to edit it. So like 10 hours of work for 15 minutes of, uh, you know, audio wow. at the end. And so, cause it's like, cause those are like full on radio plays with like sound effects and music mm-hmm. and multi dialogue between different characters. And it, that was, I was, it, I love doing it, but it was just very tiring and I couldn't put it out on a regular basis. And like I run the game and then I just, throw it online i'm like done all right (laughs) i think i think you don't want to advertise how slackful you've been with this project but uh i think you guys need to for your the next evo step in evolution you guys need to branch out into vine that's where all the hot stuff is happening oh Oh, yeah six seconds uh that could be god well yeah we could just do aaron rolling uh aaron what do you choose to do well okay uh are you (laughs) That is literally one of the questions we're going to have asked. Why does Aaron keep going off on his own? <laughs> uh, because that's kind of what he does. Um, so, all right, cool. Well, thanks uh, for uh, this conversation. And yeah. uh, well, congratulations on on um, on what is it? A hundred episodes now? 100 yes, there's a hundred episodes of the main podcast. We've been ongoing since late 2007. And dude, a hundred so, of anything is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and thank you very, very much for, uh, all the love you guys have all shown to, um, well, I mean to, to our projects in, in particular, of course, but, but just to gaming as a whole, you know, and to, to the, to this, uh, um, genre, you know, this kind of entertainment, um, that's, it's sort of, that's kind of, filed away in its tiny little niche so it's really really it's really really cool for me to see and hear other people 
having as good a time with it as I do. Yeah, it's carried on the backs of the fans, so that's for sure. That's true. All right, uh, and next up, we'll have another roundtable segment from the RBR players. Uh, see you in a bit. All right. covered some topics with Tom Jason, uh, with uh, especially the history of RBBR. Uh, let's continue that with Aaron, Caleb, David, and Bill. Uh, hey, first off, we'll do a brief thing of how you guys got introduced to RBBR. Uh, so we'll start with Aaron and then Caleb, because Aaron's... Uh, well, uh, one leads into the other, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's kind of going <laughs> off. Uh, well, uh, initially I was, uh, RBBR I was introduced uh, through Tom... Because Tom had been friends with Ross for God knows how many years, and uh, I, as we as we we further established, they've known each other, and I've known Tom for a while. So uh, once my schedule permitted, and I got and Ross got to know me a little bit better, I yeah. started just coming into further and further games. I think the first one that I can really remember was uh, a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen game that kind of petered out, where I think I was playing a trainee of Ghostbusters International. Yeah, uh, I, remember, I think that was uh, that was, the, that was the GURPS one. That was, that was the GURPS. Main, so. That was being on our uh, Now it, w- it would have been on the podcast proper instead of the AP podcast. Yeah. The first time your dulcet tones were recorded oh. for Ross's uh, <laughs> oh. for Ross's use was as an apologist for Sluggy Freelance. Oh God, yeah, yeah. that was the All first right. time because I said I. I Good catch there, Ross, you're absolutely right. Uh, Ross was insulting my. Uh, webcomic preferences at the time and still as continue to do today. As a scholar and yeah, absolutely. Anyway. And I came and whined about it, so that's about um, it. So Caleb, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was my second year of teaching and Dude. I realized I had no hobbies whatsoever because your hobby your first year of teaching is crying <laughs> in between doing other things for teaching. Um, and then I was talking to Cody, who I knew from college for a while, and he said they were going to start a Dark Sun campaign. And I'm like, I would try. I haven't tried role playing since it was horrible in high school. <laughs> I'll give it uh, another shot. And then I came in, and we did the haunting, and it made high school <laughs> role playing look like fucking Shakespeare. It was. I'm the glad. worst game ever recorded. Um, because Even worse than Rift's Eliminators. Yes, because they were actively trying to troll Aaron, which no one thought to tell me, so I thought they were just the biggest group of jackasses I have ever seen. Yeah, well, you didn't That's know it was... Seen, a, sir. Yeah, it's essentially yeah. a role-playing version of Trigger Happy TV, so yeah, we, we, no, it was, we didn't mean to get it, you that way. It's not. on AP. It's... It is awful. I tried to uh, match their level of dickery, but failed. Yeah. Uh, with Ken Tomlinsonberg, the youth, can't beat the king, Cody. the youth pastor, uh, and I came back for some reason I will never understand. Was uh, it dark? It was Dark Sun you came back for, right? Yeah, yeah. I came back for Dark Sun, and then yeah, it was it was it was okay. I we're we're not seeing everyone. Yeah, <laughs> but we're still glad he came back and realized that we're not. 
jackasses most of the time. Uh, well, they did realize near the end of the AP, and there was vigorous apologies. Yeah, uh, but True. yeah, it worked out. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Bill, because you've been playing with this for a while. Yeah, on off and, and on. Off. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, in terms of recording, I feel like the earliest thing. Uh, did we record that Call of Cthulhu one shot? Uh, it was kind of saving the world, or like you? No, it was set in the Southwest. Uh, uh, yes, I think Patrick and Karee played. Uh, I think it did. I think that's one of the B sides. If it's the one I'm ah, thinking of. Okay. Um, all so I yeah. remember is we all died. Yeah. Snakes. Why did yeah. they have to be snakes? Like you do. It was, yeah. uh, it was a, a Western scenario from yep. one of the issues of World of Cthulhu, and I believe that's oh. one in B-Sides Volume 1. Yeah. So, Buy it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that will be available for free in August. Uh, but yeah, and you were in for many of the episodes of the New World campaign, so, on and yeah, off. Yeah, on and off. It was it was a difficult time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> With Mike, that's... Well, we, Tom and yeah. Jason and I discussed that, yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> Personal life as well, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's the podcast. Beyond that, I had known you since late uh, in my original college career. Yeah, uh, for Matt's through games. Matt Howell. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, uh, we played that one game of Twilight Two Thousand in the Scholar's House basement. And Matt was he Sir Orphan Bing? Uh, yep. Of uh, <laughs> you who listened to our anecdotes. Uh, a in joke that will never die, and yeah. uh, finally David. Uh, we kind of went over a little bit, but uh, oh yeah. yeah, just a quick uh, brief synopsis. Uh, Tom was literally the first person that I met and befriended here in Springfield um, when I moved from St. Louis back in junior high, and I've known him longer than I've known any other human being that is not related to me by blood. <laughs> Um, my first... Um, he is my blood brother. <laughs> I feel him even now. Through the ether. He comes. He's saying something in German and a lizard. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty fair game. That's a good goal read there, David. As far as uh, role-playing in general, i um, been doing RPGs with... Um, couple of the people at this table since high school. Yeah, high school games. And um, oh. stayed yeah. with... Uh, Ross and Tom and a couple of others threw out some of the Scholar's House games with Matt. Yeah. But my first actual RPPR game was also uh, Caleb's first time sitting behind the screen, uh, Bryson Springs. That's right, yeah. Which yeah. I am always going to look back on. And then after it. that, there was a long time where you weren't because of scheduling, I think. Yes. And then... Uh, a couple of years ago, you you started coming more regularly because your schedule changed, and for no evil. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Has to do with uh, the new job. Once I got the job that let me work yeah. days instead of working. So yeah, shows. we're not going to go into like biographies I of everybody know. or like where are they now kind of thing. But yeah, just assume somebody disappears is because of outside life stuff, and they're in a dumpster Careers. somewhere. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Hey, you want, you want everything Frank Miller, uh, Alan Life Moore? That was last night's like game. That was the lead. Okay, okay. all right then. Like, all I thought that was just general. All right. A dumpster, Aaron? A dumpster? Fine. All right, so enough of the past. Let's talk about the present. <laughs> uh, so we have plenty of listener, or questions from our listeners. Uh, I'd like yeah. to answer the first one, if all I right. may. Um, favorite breakfast cereal depends on how much my sugar is kicking my ass, and that is either Honey Nut Cheerios, Lucky Charms, or bacon. <laughs> All right, bacon to cereal. It is if you pour milk over it. Yeah, do I? Right. <laughs> Second baseball. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, all right. What? Yeah, favorite cereal. 
Oh, we're doing this? Oh, <laughs> oh, Shit. Fuck it. Let's do it live. Oh. What, what no. did you have to shoot? Nothing. All the bacon and eggs you have. All right. The Ron Swanson. All right. Ron Swanson diet, so. Uh... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> really? riveting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna go with the oldie that you can't get anymore. The old Nintendo series. The series that you can't have anymore. All yeah, right. So. You heard it here, folks. Aaron would like to eat concentrated nostalgia. <laughs> exactly. For breakfast. All right, the Seth Green diet. All right. Yeah, he's gonna put. Oh, no, I he's gonna put surge so. over the top of it. <laughs> And then where put on his LA so lights? Drink whiskey for breakfast. Yeah, for, uh, a little bit hardcore than he thought. Frosted mini wheats. Yeah, yeah, yeah special day because I want to have something healthy <laughs> before I eat crap for the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, so let's, now that we've gotten um, the breakfast of champions out yeah, of the way. Yeah, questions there. Or do do so we want to uh, read one of them off here? <laughs> help me, help. Yeah, help. yeah. Um, what else we got? Uh, okay, so for newer members of the actual play group, uh, how was the experience of joining a podcasting tabletop RPG group different from just joining a normal tabletop RPG group? Yeah, I Actually, mean, I've got a thought on that one. If you're joining up with a tabletop group, uh, just any tabletop group, you've got that thought of, I need to be able to fit in with these people, I need to be able to get along with these people. And if you're joining a podcast for the first time, it's not only I need to be able to fit in and get along and just kind of mesh my way into a group, but you also have that feeling of doing so, but the gaming location is not just in somebody's house, in somebody's basement. It's in the middle of an operating theater with tons and tons of people up above you looking down on you and judging, (laughs) but you don't get to see their faces. Wow. And wow. That's intense. That's, David's pretty <laughs> little daunting. Real, like, a little so bit real. daunting. All right. But that also tells you that you're going to be bringing your A game. All and right. Uh, if you want to come back, at the very least, you want right, to make sure. That's a fascinating game. answer. Uh, yeah. uh, Bill, what about you? <laughs> any, any kind of reaction when we started recording? Um, I think ultimately, and this may have to do more with vintage, because yeah. like... Started hanging around with the uh, you know table as a recording entity more back yeah. in the Cody days, so this may be more washout from that. But I feel like for me personally, and kind of for the group in general, it means the snark is always turned up to eleven. Um, like especially in a very pointed towards the GM kind of way. Like no narrative contrivance is safe at yeah. this table. For a long time, I was really intimidated by that. Yeah. Until I did actually realize that, you know, at least present company and, you know, most of the people that have been through the group, it, we actually do snark because we love. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we yeah. turn the recorder off. We're just deadly earnest. <laughs> yeah. It just turns into a LARP. Like, like that, yeah. we're wearing costumes, <laughs> rending our clothes yes. with passion. Obviously, you have no many lightning idea. bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> you have no idea how many fist fights have broken out between us. So yeah. uh. obviously, since I have made this point, the alternative must be the complete and total. <laughs> there are no shades of gray whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Illustrating my point. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Caleb, how about you? Um, I don't know. I didn't really play. I didn't really play not recorded. Yeah. That much before. 
Uh, well, I mean, other than the incident where I don't play White Wolf anymore, but <laughs> yeah. we already covered that in the podcast. There's definitely less drugs involved. <laughs> yes, yeah. sadly. Uh, but <laughs> we wouldn't know what to do with them even if we had them. <laughs> you guys, you guys really wouldn't. <laughs> We'd be trying to smoke acid, like trying to use weed. I hear if you cut your forehead and rub it in the wound, it gets in the blood faster. Um, no, it, it, uh, the thing I was concerned with is because yet again. The haunting, yeah. uh, and I didn't know you guys recorded anything, yeah. or that there was a podcast. Yeah. So when you brought out a microphone, <laughs> yeah. I was a little worried. Like yeah. not because of the game itself. Yeah. Well, that okay, later. because of the game itself. That came later. But uh, I didn't know who any of you were. I didn't yeah. know if like the second half of the podcast was like talking about how to preserve the white race, <laughs> or like I had no idea who you people were. So I was a little worried about. Tying my name to yours on the internet. <laughs> yeah. So maybe don't do it that way if yeah. you're looking to join a podcasting group. Yeah. It worked out. You're just right. Yeah, up. we are the goofus of the uh, <laughs> uh, podcasting world. There's some other podcast somewhere that's like the Dow. Here, we'll lead you in. It's okay. Like, no, we're like, no, we're recording. Let's make Mormon Scientologists and fuck up a haunted house. Right. <laughs> oh, not really that, but uh, yeah. Auditions. I mean, yeah. there's got to be a podcast out there somewhere where it's okay. Now, if you want to join us, uh, what are your qualifications? Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Welcome to Night Vale's like you, random. Well, guy. yeah, but I mean, yeah. for like an AP podcast, that'd be really intense. Yeah, yeah that's that would be. Well, process. Else, that's gonna be interesting. On the other hand, here at RPPR, the idea of someday. Hiring a hooker for the table <laughs> is still not. That's his Cody call. idea. That's the Cody era. That, that, yes, that, that's yeah. Cody oh, era. Yeah. Oh, we truly have moved on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where we're. Shall, we're, shall we're, I ask yeah. Tom? Yeah. Uh, please don't. No. <laughs> please, please do not. All right. Anyway, Eric. Oh. Uh, well, in my case, I would have to say it was, it's probably not that similar for from Caleb's because previous to this, I had only really gamed with maybe one or two close friends, uh, not that group. I think the first real experience is going out with a larger group of people that I wasn't aware of was uh, one of the Scholar House games that I was brought into. I think that was one. Was it the Hunter game? The Hunter game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, where I was playing with little to zero knowledge of that particular White Wolf system, which you exploited. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> Wanted to. It was, it, was, it was amusing. So coming up into it, uh, it probably was just a little, a little bit nervous just because I was, I was seeing the microphone first off and kind of giving a little bit of, uh, the, you're right, the invisible audience behind you that you weren't really aware of. So uh, and when those first comments ever rolled around, I'm like, oh, who's the guy who keeps skipping over himself on the same phrase? Yeah. <laughs> so... But it really, once more or less I became friends with everybody else, I kind of settled into the exact same routine. So it pretty much was. And I think the internet is a more entertaining place now that your your adventures are glad to have, glad to have helped that way, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but uh, we so love you, yeah. Aaron. You know. Yeah. So, but because like no, Bill, I think Bill was right. I mean, we do really do the snark from uh, a place of. Uh, if we ever turn, well, we're not it, doing the complete opposite. Yes. <laughs> if we ever turn completely formal and very stilted and distant, you know we don't like you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so get to some other questions. Uh, Patrick uh, French uh, from the Facebook group says, "Do you guys game on set days, or is your gaming schedule kind of just kind of random? But it sort of varies." Especially the first couple of years is really set by the school schedule, everybody's classes and jobs. And so it's like this semester we're doing this, this summer we're doing this. 
And so now it's not, most of us are out of school uh, and it's more set by jobs. And so we like, usually we have one night a week uh, that we all game and then maybe a secondary night if there's enough people for a secondary game. Yeah. I try to, because we, I post six games a month, so I want to have, run it, make sure that there are recorded six games at least. So we've got to have, or if we have special occasions. But usually we're doing eight games, so fortunately we get two games a week, so there's a, that backlog. Uh, Or if we had special occasions where uh, we have somebody coming in from town or somebody new wanting to integrate with. Yeah, there are pickup games and uh, casual thing, but usually like lately it's been Tuesday nights for the main game and then Friday nights for a secondary game for whoever's available for that. Uh, so yeah. have to be said too, anytime that a campaign is planned, the very first stage of the planning is scheduling. It's all right, yeah. what nights are we going to be doing this particular campaign? Yeah. So like, like, yeah, we've done planning. things where we like, week A we do campaign A, week B we do campaign B, uh, and we go back and forth, back and forth. And I've done, we've done that, and so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that answers that. Um, then uh, this is a good one. Uh, Matthew James uh, Pagel asks. Uh, Your question sucked, Patrick. <laughs> but this question. Really wow. Jeez. Just, wow. just kidding. Just, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, favorite You're belittling other questions, wow. Ross. I'm not, this is a good question. <laughs> not saying that that was a bad question. That was a good Like, mm-hmm. uh, sure. Wow. You would uh, say that. Favorite combat system. Caleb's <laughs> clearly is Palladium. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I like to fail a uh, climbing roll and fall <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, uh, so, seriously, you know, favorite combat system. Any, any choices? We all big Pathfinder fans. Well, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it all depends on what exactly we're doing. If we're going to be jousting from the back of a horse, I tend to like the D twenty system. Yeah. Because it's oh, like Iron Heroes. Yeah, the maths seem to be a little bit better for that. Yeah. Um, if it's just superheroes blasting each other with death bolts and beams. Okay. Uh, one roll dice engine seems to work pretty good. Okay. <laughs> it also depends on just who is running the game, and is this a more narrative combat, or is this a more... Do we want to break out the tactical mat and the minis? Do we want to start ve- uh, calculating vectors? It all depends on who's sitting behind right. the screen and right. what we're after. Uh, Bill? I really don't have a favorite so much, uh, just as long as there is a good match kind of between the genre and the intentions of the GM and sort of the things that the system focuses on, I'm yeah. pretty happy, uh, which and it was probably surprising to some people because I sort of made a reputation as, you know... Rules. Kind of, yeah. yeah. The guy who actually was good at combat. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know... I've discovered that my personal philosophy is sort of that I tend to interact with the game on the game's level. Yeah. So, All right. fourth ed wants me to crunch at rules. Yeah. You know. Does it ever? <laughs> One roll engine wants me, well, depending on the game, to do other perhaps more meaningful things, and thus yeah. Bobby Joe Bob McElroy. Uh, <laughs> and truck hammers. Go. Um. Yeah, limited experience, but uh, definitely not D twenty. Anything. Anything. Ever. Um, I just... You just say that because you don't have the 37 and a half side to die. Yeah, you're, I guess. I just... I just that's not done, that's, there's a game with something like that. Dungeon Crawl Classic. But we're not going there. <sighs> yeah, that's... <laughs> I didn't like talking about it. Yeah. It, it, it. I'm already stressed out. Right. That's not uh, It's a bit more or less. I guess or. Yeah, I like or. I, everything I like about Eclipse Phase Combat is... The setting of Eclipse Phase and things I like about yeah. uh, percentile dice. Yeah. 
and then you and then you still need to game modifiers like a son of a bitch yeah. to do well. So I like or because you know it's just like. I can teach Sarah to do or like no. put this many dice in your hand, throw them at the table. Look You're done. Look <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I can, <laughs> and, and it is fast, so you can make other like story and tactical right. decisions. So. Personally, I I think I, I really do like Knights Black Agents. I think it as a as a robust combat system yep. handled the cherries hand to hand yeah cherries yes. it was i Some think it was between shaking his fist and staring at the sky well whatever uh, <laughs> that could uh, usually be said about that it's true <laughs> uh, so it, there was there was narrative uh the it, it, it had to that too that we and have to point out is, yeah. yeah cinematic yeah. different folks for different folks i mean we all have our own favorite systems but we also have our own systems that we dislike right um, Caleb's well, this, yeah. dislike for Palladium is legendary. Well, and sane. <laughs> really? <laughs> although, thank you. Although I think that's more setting, yeah, setting than anything else. Take your pick. That setting is insane. All right, <laughs> it is schizophrenic. Anyway, nice black agent. I felt as about combat system alone. Like if I had to run fights, I would, and I had to choose one system just to run fights. It would be nice black agent. Close second would be Wild Towns because like the fight. Because it scaled up, specific, particularly uh, like the, the the big fight at the end of Tier One of the Here's a New Arcadia was really satisfying both narratively and as a game. Like it, it, you guys were really into it, it was really challenging, and you really it was a very dramatic and very satisfying game. I think uh, so, and same with Nice Black Agent. So I think those two combat systems are my particular favorites. Uh, anyway, uh, and actually, you kind of hit the nail on the head with mine. Uh, going back to Wild Talents because. Uh, if I have to give a preference, I would rather give narrative over mechanics because it over tacticals. Yeah, tactical. Just because it's a lot more, uh, a lot more room to stretch out to say what your abilities do, how you, how they will function, how you want them to act, and one except with the exception of something like D and D, which unfortunately I've never been able to get to because of the couple times that I have played it, not the fault of any GM who's done it, but I've been looking at my character and then the five different cards that are listing out my abilities, they have to tick off, watch each one. And I feel far too restrained in that. To attack with my additional notes. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's like, do you want this five pound? Yeah, it's like, here's the five pound list for all your paladin abilities. You don't have most of those because you're at least five levels below what you should be, so... My favorite part about D20 Combat was in the dark side when Ross's character used, like, phase slice punch. I'm like, what does that do? And you, and you gave me, like, a bunch of numbers. I'm like, no, but, like, what does it do? Like, yeah. physically, what does that look like? And yeah. you're like, uh, it does numbers. <laughs> it throws a nap at you. Clearly you have discovered the weakness of <laughs> and the thing is, it's an improvement on third ed in every way. Like, because that third ed, yeah. So because third ed, the answer would still be numbers, but if you tried to peel it back and it was a description, it would be I swung my sword at it. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so let's see here. Uh, this is uh, one. Um, We've already answered how we all met and all that stuff, but Noah Carton also asked, do you have a process for character creation? Uh, Tom and Jason went into this, uh, but uh, do you come up with the R-type first, stats and skills, or some sort of combo? Uh, thanks and congrats on 100 episodes. So, uh, I would like to comment on Tom's character creation <laughs> process. <Yeah. laughs> uh, it is ongoing. Uh, <laughs> in the midst of other games. Oh my um, god. He's going to listen to well, no, well. no, he's not. <laughs> all right. So, what if he does? 
But it'll be a first. It'll it'll be it'll be fine. So, what is your process for character creation like? Uh, for me, like I, as I mentioned last time, it, just to give you an idea, is that I always ask what the party needs, and I make that. So I'll be the heel bot in the D and D game if no one's the cleric or whatever. So that's what I tend to go for, uh, and to elaborate. But yeah, they. Will. Oh, for me, depending on the game, um, depends on whether the system says that you roll the dice first, and where the dice fall, that's where, or that's where the stats versus roll the dice and plug them into whichever stat you want. Um, if I'm rolling the dice and I end up with the character who has uh, absolutely no physical strength, no physical endurance, uh, but is really, really charismatic, he is not going to be the gun-toting, knuckle-dragging brute who does right. or has a one-word vocabulary. I'm going to actually try to make a character that fits the stats a little bit. But um, I also go with Ross. I try to ask, what does the party need? I try to make a character that fits for that. Yeah. But I also ask a couple of questions that are David questions that just stay in my head. One is, what does this guy look like? Um, which actor would play this character if this was actually a motion picture? Um, where is he from? And I do put a little bit of thought into the name. I actually try to find the name that fits the character. And I try to not only match up the name, but I also try to match up the name with the region. I'm not going to grab some guy from Sandusky, Ohio, named Mohammed. Well, all right, all the Mohammeds in Ohio are going to be really... Anyway, uh, so... We just lost half our listenership. We probably yeah. did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Muslim community right exactly. there. So. Of Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, Bill, what about you? Well, uh, not to get too broken record, but I also try to keep at least half an eye towards what does this group need. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, depending, I also, yeah, try to have some sort of use, loose, jangly collection of tropes to uh, bring to the table. I mean, you know, looking back at, like, Day After Ragnarok, I, yeah. I really was trying to basically be Baloo from Tailspin. I think you succeeded. Which, which is to say, actually, what's his ass from Tales of the Golden Monkey, but anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Br bring some sort of conceptual ideal idea to the table yeah. um, and then have it kind of halfway work in the system. Um, well, I mean, if this was a drama system game and we're talking about my dramatic polls during character creation... Yeah. One side would probably be innovation because I'm trying to push myself to do things I haven't done before. Yeah. And then of course the other side would be total predictability because I always fail and end up making an objectivist <laughs> <laughs> manipulator. <laughs> like um, Vo was my attempt to be like utter barbarian, and in the first episode I scammed everyone in the all of <laughs> not China into buying religious iconography that I, yeah. I had created. That was my attempt to play the dumb barbarian character. <laughs> I became an evangelical <laughs> faith healer uh, for yeah. money. Um, you're selling yourself short, Caleb. I think you succeeded in the innovation end with El, Mar El Mariachi. Yeah, <laughs> El Mariachi, yeah. No, I gotta, uh, go egoist. Back. I can do egoist. Yeah, I can do that too. But yeah, that's usually it. I'm like... I want to play something I haven't done before, and then they always end up being. Yeah, you always kind of, everyone. Anyway. Everyone does. Everyone knows how it happens. I mean, I try to make new characters, but they they always have sort of 
similar theme. Mental instability seems to be reoccurring. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, uh, Holy shit. Chan. <laughs> <laughs> so much mental instability. <laughs> he just makes on. poor decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and that has come oh, yeah, But that's an RPPR. And Marlby and Wizard. Wizard. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. I'm just like, this time it's going to be different. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but you try. I do try. I do uh, make so it Aaron, this is Caleb's. Oh, uh, well, if you... <laughs> yeah. well, I, I ask myself one question. Can I use a computer? If the answer is no, oh god, what am I going to do? Uh, Run out into the night and die. Apparently so. <laughs> if I can't use a computer, screw it. I'm dying as early as possible. Could be a computer in the woods. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, uh, it does go, yeah, messy. to continue the, the skipping portion of the record. Uh, what does the group need? Hope it's a techie. Uh, uh, hope it is a techie again. If if it's back in the 1920s, maybe I can be a mechanical engineer. If not, uh, well, just continuing that, yeah. th right. that thread. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, seeing what I can do, uh, what would be most interesting in the group dynamic? Uh, if well, it's like who will, in, in any case, who will generate the most drama, comedy, uh, what will make it the most fun for everybody to be around if I can try? <laughs> so you really succeed on that. So or be if I can dovetail onto that one. Yeah. Um, basically, if we get told as a group, this is going to be a game involving killing werewolves. Yeah. So my mental process will go: we will need somebody who knows that werewolves can be killed by silver bullets. We will need somebody who knows how to make the silver bullets. We'll need somebody who can get the stuff to make the silver bullets, and we'll need somebody to fire the silver bullets. Right. And then I look around the table and figure out who am I going to be playing with and who's going to be taking what. Aaron is making the silver bullets. Tom is shooting them. No, um, I, I'll get to Tom in a second. Oh, okay. I'm usually the one shooting them. Right. Tom. Uh, Caleb is the one who is finding the materials to make the silver bullets, uh, usually by uh, talking to the various people, scamming them out of the silver, getting the appropriate stuff. All right. And Tom, if he is at the table, is the one who is Volume. taking off his shirt, rubbing himself with barbecue sauce, stepping out into the woods and going, Bite me! Make me one of you! <laughs> uh. I, I would just like to note, using that previous example, that I at no point consider what the group needs. And that if we were playing Cycle of the Werewolf, I would be the one who's like, I'm going to be a paraplegic boy. <laughs> I'm going to be like 12... <laughs> Completely unable to walk, and then I still somehow survive by feeding other characters into the werewolf <laughs> through well, devious manipulations. Uh, all right, uh, first category good one. Philosophy. Very good kind of philosophy. Um, this is another early question, uh, but favorite one shot uh, campaign and why? Uh, so favorite one shot, favorite campaign, and why for each? Just brief. We, I mean, uh, there's 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 a lot mm. to go over. No, Lady Gaga uh, 2.0. <laughs> 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 Hands down. I've never laughed harder in a game. Uh, you see a tiny Japanese man who looks like he has a plot point. Grenade. <laughs> Every part of that game. Uh, that was that was. It's hard to recapture magic like that. But, yeah. <laughs> Well, what, what do you, what do you, yeah. Uh, my personal favorite is Bryson Springs. Oh, um, thank you. Exposure yeah. to this group, exposure to Call of Cthulhu, um, exposure to Caleb Stokes as a GM, and the very first time I got to meet Lucy Hall. <laughs> <laughs> so really, all rolled into one. I mean, yeah. 
that's my bowl of nostalgia there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one shot was Candle Cove because everything hit off perfectly for that, and I was just really surprised. Uh, Tom, RJ, and Aaron, just you guys really, everything cohesed yeah. really well. Uh, so that was my favorite one shot um, that I, I played in. Um, favorite campaigns here is in New Arcadia because that became Base Raiders by my book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill? Uh, favorite one I played in, uh, fairly recent, would have to be Sunset of the King. Uh, just, oh, dear God, yes. Just because of <laughs> yes. the, like, like the group think. Yeah. That, like, you could, you could just see how we had all just kind of... We're not going to fight this evil. We're going to join it. Yeah, Sounds just like a great idea. Yeah. That is the only time I have ever seen all of us just... Everybody at the table just kind of went... We're gonna ride this bad boy all the way down to hell. It was like and meta meta gaming. Yeah. yeah, we didn't talk to each other. We didn't write any notes. Tom was playing himself, and you were all playing Tom. <laughs> That's what I heard from that. Let's all become. So yeah, if you're but. like the whole thing is you're you're a film crew, you're and you find out that the film is being made by a mythos corrupted bad guy who has you know is crazy blah blah blah, and the whole I thought you guys like oh my god it's evil the movie's a ritual to summon and do bad things we should stop it and you're like no we can save us. <laughs> Special effects, he's summoning real monsters. <laughs> like, that's literally how it went. Uh, we all yeah, just jumped that was, right that was onto really the fun. crazy train I did not expect that. The Which is probably how actual Hollywood producers were. Exactly! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just authentic role play. Yeah, that's why it was so beautiful. Uh, Fuck you, Industrial Light Megan! Yeah. We got Chuggas now! <laughs> now that didn't Take your CG so well. and shove it! Yeah. <laughs> that, that's pretty much how it went, so Eric. Uh, I'm trying to think on uh, one shot's a little bit harder. I know actual campaign, uh, that campaign that we at least played through, uh, Age of Masks, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, which was one of the real bit first big ones that I played with you in the uh, true. and this this uh, the uh, the ascent of the Silver Scarab of the one <laughs> invisible in the police station, invisible in the police station. Oh, but wow, I really yeah. did love the I did love that. That was like the first real thing of seeing Carcosa introduced into one of the games that merged really well in the fact that it was giving people superpowers. Uh, in the previous and... segment, one of the other games, aside from Gamble Code, that I ran uh, was the uh, Night Mall because I was when that that's what got hooked me on Carcosa was the mall cops finding out that they're really Delta Green agents of Carcosa. Spoiler: <laughs> uh, I was like, holy shit, this is fun! I could run this into the ground, uh, and I still haven't even gone that far yet. So I, I um, think I can get some more mileage out of it. And for one shots, if I have to make a pick uh, that just had a lot of mileage and fun, uh, the uh, Sentai Warriors from uh, uh, from a road trip. Oh yeah, and that was kind of the one shot that we pulled off with that. Since uh, yeah. that that spawned broken toy for your broken home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's also on uh, B sides volume one. So, so uh, although yeah. I would like to tack on to my previous, it just didn't occur because it wasn't you know isn't really a conventional game, but uh, Action News Six. Uh, <laughs> the Legend of Ramble Turducken. Man Rooster. Uh, I'd mention that game if I could remember it. <laughs> yeah, you that drunk? You I don't know listen. what you're talking about. I was yeah. You should listen to it sometime. You might be yeah. surprised. I couldn't make it through. <laughs> I was pretty embarrassed. And, uh, when talking about campaigns, I really can't answer that because I've had so much fun in every campaign. Yeah. Um, if I were to pick, it would be a toss-up between Iron Heroes and Better Angels. 
Because I have a scribe and a crackle cannon. <laughs> yeah. And great people to have fun with those toys with. Better Angels, yeah. I think that's my favorite campaign to play through. That or No Evil, but uh, both of those, uh, as a player, have been the best. Uh, I really like Tribes. I, I like I like the, I like the setting, and then uh, I could just play yeah. Nice Black Agents forever. Yeah, like, no, it's really it's pretty, I fucking love it's the pretty much the bee's knees uh, <laughs> and deal with that. Uh, so this uh, minute, we'll come back with more questions, uh, and uh, yeah, the weather.